0: Thank you so much, Rabbi Rosner, for the kind words and posting with sod Dachsanya. thank Rabbi Rosner, the entire community, and this wonderful Kihila for opening up your home and opening up your hearts to the greater Beit Shemesh, Ramat Beit Shemesh community, and that we are so privileged to be joined an honored to be joined by our Haverim from the Boca Raton community, Rabbi Gibber and Rabbi Goldberg. It's really such a pleasure and honor to be here with you. Like so many of you, in a very real and personal way, my life was changed on Simchas Torah morning. Like so many of you in this room, I have multiple children who were called from Hakafos to go to their base, to the front lines. We have two sons. In the north, and a beloved son in law from Beit Shemesh in the south. Like so many of you, I haven't had a good night's sleep in two and a half weeks. Like so many of you, I've lost about nine pounds. Not all has been bad. And like so many of you, I worry constantly. I've been asked more than once, both in my community, in R'mat Pei through my work with Salash that Rabbi Rosner alluded to, and in various other forums, to share my story, to give some perspective. And I always have emphasized Our story, my children's story, it's not unique and we're not special. We're one of hundreds and thousands of families in Eretz Yisrael going through the same thing. I know this evening was dubbed an evening of Chizuk. I think it's the third or fourth such event that I've been privileged to be a part of, and each one of them I have felt and even to some extent, articulated the same thing. I don't feel strong. How am I supposed to give you strength when I'm not strong? I'm scared. I'm not depressed. But I'm scared. And not just for my sons and my son-in-law. How many of you are like me? You look at your children at home I look at my beautiful grandson and I have to chase away the dark thoughts. I'm not strong. How am I supposed to give you khizak if I can't be mechazik myself? And yet, each time I've been asked, I've done my best to say something, not because I feel like I have what to say, but if I can echo a famous comment of Rav Kook, I talk not because I need or want to talk, but because I can't be silent. We are gathering tonight in a way very different than some of the... I'm sure, like in our community, and in Boca and in Beit Shemesh, I'm sure, immediately after Simchat Torah, there were big Tehillim rallies and tefillah gatherings. And that was one kind of experience. We were still completely shocked by what we were reading And I assume that all of you, like me, just presume that probably imminently would be an invasion. And for reasons that are above anyone's pay grade, in this room, I assume, we find ourselves at a period of limbo. Do you know that there are a half a million soldiers right now around the country? 200,000 in Sadir, the standing army, and 300,000 miluim that were called up within a day or two. They're just waiting. We're waiting. And we pray that our leaders have the siata de shemaya to make the right decisions not only about what to do, but about when to do it. But we gather in a certain sense of limbo. And everyone, I assume not just me and my family, everyone is asking the same question. When are we going to go in? The soldiers are asking. You don't have to have inside knowledge to know that the generals are asking. Am Yisrael is on Schpilkis. When are they going to go in? So I have a secret to tell you. We're already in. We're already in. Because you have to understand that the battle is being fought on two levels. The short-term, immediate enemy is Hamas. The short-term, immediate war is in Gaza. Maybe it'll be in the north, we hope not. But that's the short-term, immediate war. And the short-term, immediate mission is peace, peace from strength, peace with security. That is true. That's the short-term immediate war, and we're waiting to go in. But there's also a long-term war. There's a long-term enemy that isn't from without, but is from within. The long-term war has not lasted two and a half weeks, but 2,000 years. Our enemy in the long term isn't Hamas, but Sinas Chinam. It's the oldest enemy the Jews have had. It's been our Achilles heel since the time of Bayasheni. And the mission for the old and long war isn't defeat. It isn't vanquishing Hamas, it isn't peace. The mission of the long war is achdus, is being together. And the secret weapon that we have in the long war isn't the iron dome or the space lasers or who knows what tricks Sahal have up their sleeve. The secret weapon is Avas Yisrael. And on that war, we're already in and we've been fighting since Simchas Torah the front is not the south it's not even the north the front is throughout the entire Jewish world we're at war with what has been the longest enemy that has plagued the Jewish people and we're winning we are winning already As was alluded to so eloquently by Rabbi (laughs) Gibber, there is no one in this room, I say that without any shred of doubt, who has experienced even a scintilla of the level of Achdus that we have seen over the last two and a half weeks. Not long after we made Aliyah was the terrible summer of the kidnapping and the murder of the three boys and what came after that. And there was incredible Achdus in the Jewish world then and certainly in Israel, and it doesn't even come close to the achdus that I and we are all feeling and experiencing over these last two and a half weeks. There aren't 500,000 soldiers, there aren't 16 million soldiers, because every one of us, every one of us, is not a reservist, but on the front line, and we are combat soldiers, In the war for Abbas Yisrael, for Akhtus, and we're already in, and we are winning. Unprecedented Akhtus. Inspiring, unforgettable Akhtus. Many years ago, I read a story. I can't tell you, I know all the details, but it's one of those stories that's too good to verify. And there was someone who came from a more Litvish background, was actually a brilliant young Talmud Chochem, I won't mention the name in case I have the facts wrong, but at least in the version of the story I'm familiar with, who became exposed to sometime in the immediate aftermath of the Holocaust and the transition from Europe to America, with a bunch of Satner Hasidim and others from Hungary. He, as was universally accepted, and the greatest of Litvish yeshivas of the day, was clean-shaven. And if he wore a hat, it was gray. Of course, the Hungarian-based Hasidim very different outlook about many things. But as you, some of you may know, Satmar in particular, most Hasidim, but Satmar in particular, particularly strident approach to the need for a beard. They hold that shaving, even with an electric shaver, is an istir da oraisa and kukas So I probably two istir da oraisa. And this wonderkin of a didn't have a beard, and they went to tell Rabbi Yael Satmarov, and they were complaining, they were mezazel, and the Satmarov, no less, someone known for having passionate beliefs, looked at his Hasidim with love but condemnation, and he said to them, "You know, you're right, Taka." One day, when this Tamil Chachem gets up to Shamayim, they'll say to him, Reb Yid, where's your beard? But when you get up to Shemaim, they're going to say to you, Reb Beard, where's your yid? Because no less than the Satmar Rebbe, who had strong views, but he understood at the end of the day, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew and we are family I want to share with you a beautiful and powerful insight of the chassam sofer he's commenting on the posuk in Tanakh hasam gvuleich shalom make your border peaceful Hashem gvuleich shalom he explains in his commentary to the Chumash homiletically what the Torah, what the Tanakh is telling us so powerfully is that in life, everyone has a gavul. Everyone has a border, a red line that they won't cross. No matter how passionately they believe about a particular item, and they're willing to go to the mat for it and fight for it. But everyone has a gavul, a price that they're not willing to pay, a line that they're not willing to cross. And says the Chasam Sofer, for a lot of people, it's their COVID. They'll do everything until the compromises are covered, then all of a sudden they're willing to give up. For other people it could be money, for other people it could be jealousy, all sorts of things that people, no matter how much they may sincerely feel about something, but they won't go over that line. Says the Chassam Sofer, the Tanakh is telling us, Chassam Gavuleich Shalom. No matter how strongly you feel about something, I'll read you his words because they're too powerful for me to paraphrase. You believe in something strongly. Chasam Sofer also had strong views. You believe in something strongly and you're pursuing it. Lashem Shemaim because you believe in it. But when you see, says the Chasam Sofer, that if you keep on pushing it, it's going to lead to machlokes, disunity, divisiveness. Azai Omer ad po. Tehei gwul. Chachmasi. I think I'm a chacham. I think I know what's right. But if that thing that I believe with all my fiber is right, is going to take me over the line of shalom, hasam gvulech shalom. That has to be our red line. For so many years, for so many generations, we couldn't get it. We couldn't. And it took the most unimaginable, horrific, unspeakable horrors from Simchas Torah, from Shmini Atzeres, to lift the veil and to remind us of these fundamental, elemental truths. HaSam, Gvulech Shalom. That has to be our red line. Yes, we believe in things. We don't always agree and that's okay. But a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. And if your beliefs, if your positions are going to lead to Pirud, to Machlokas, to Meriva, that has to be the red line. It's something that every one of us sees so clearly today. Where were we three weeks ago? And I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody else. But aren't we all seeing so much more clearly now than we were? I want to conclude, if I could, the true story that just happened the other day. Ray Rosner was kind enough to mention my work with Salash, which is an organization which didn't discover the IDF on Simchas Torah. We've been serving them for over ten years, providing emotional and spiritual and religious support for the Chayalim. So many people in this room and in our community have benefited, and Mir Tashem will continue for so many years to benefit from our services. And just today, as I've done so many times in the last two and a half weeks, but just today, I spent the late morning and early afternoon with a group of Golani soldiers, all reservists, who were called up and are currently based out of the yeshuv of Eili, in the Shomron. For those of you who are familiar, in the best of times, it's not the nicest neighborhood. At least beautiful, but the neighbors, not so much. So we all understand that's true in normal times. Given what's going on now in the south, those areas are raging. Eight of the soldiers are guarding the yeshuv in four man rotations, and the rest are patrolling the area. Ma'atzar, they told us that just before we got there overnight and this morning, they arrested, in their words, 11 Hamasniks. And they made sure to tell us, don't let the world think that Hamas only exists in Gaza. While we were there, my colleague and the founder of Salasha, Peretz Einhorn, who's called up himself as a reservist, and he's working in the Rabbanut, stationed in Se'ilim, very close to Gaza, but for this he was pulled to give chizuk, and I joined him with the soldiers today, He mentioned something that he had just experienced not that far from his base, if I'm not mistaken. And with this I leave you because it summarizes everything that I want to tell you, I want to share with you and I know you're all feeling like me. Near an army base, not that far from where he was, the other night, a large group of Hasidim came and they brought sandwiching, burger ranch, Schnitzels, all sorts of things to give out to the Chayalim. Chayalim, of course, were filled with gratitude. And they asked one of these Haredi people who had come to give them the sandwiches, Ech Karim what is your name? To which he responded, Karimli Am Yisrael. Li Am Yisrael. Karim li am Yisrael. can't forget that truth. Next time someone asks you, I know it'll be a little awkward to say like at the grocery store. <laughs> oh, you're a new member. I haven't seen you in shul. What's your name? Karim Le'am Yisrael. If you do that and they don't invite you for Shabbos lunch, don't blame me. A little EQ I expect from a sophisticated crowd. But we need to remember This truth. Deep inside every one of us, we all share the same DNA and we share the same name. Ech Korim Ani David, Aba Korim Lee, Ami Israel.